Dan Crenshaw tongue ties a trans doctor. Joe Biden pisses off the WNBA, and nature may take care of all of New York City's problems. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right, so, you know, there's a couple pieces of news I want to kill off because, I don't know, I, I just, I just, they're not even really things that I would normally talk about simply because they're kind of a duh. So the first piece of news is that Daniel Penny is going to get, uh, has gotten indicted by a New York grand jury. This is not a shock. Everybody in the world gets indicted for something. I mean, he could, you could do anything and get indicted. Um, the question is what's going to happen when he goes to trial. Now, again, this is complete bullshit. He, if you don't know, Daniel Penny is the one who uh, accidentally killed Jordan Neely, who was on a train screaming how he was going to kill everybody, and he put he put Jordan uh, Neely in a headlock or in a uh, kind of a chokehold, except it's not really a chokehold; it's a submission hold, and the guy ended up dying after he was released. Okay, like three days later. And New York, of course, this guy, uh, of course, Daniel Penny's white, so of course they're going to convict him as a white supremacist. Forget the fact that a black man and a Hispanic man who were not charged that we know of, uh, we're also helping him to restrain this guy. We're not going to talk about that. Um, of course, we're also not going to talk that most of the people on the train were people of color. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, again, you want an example of systemic racism? This is an example of systemic racism. Contrary to what the corrupt Black Lives Matter tells you, where there is systemic racism is not against blacks, it's against whites. Here's the question. It was asked, and I asked this several times. It's almost cliche. We ask this all the time. What would happen if a black man had put a submission hold and on a white man and the white man died? What would happen then? Well, we know the answer. Nothing. Would the, would the black man be thrown in jail? Would the black man be accused of second-degree manslaughter? Of course not. Because the races were reversed. And white people are seen as the ones that are less than human. It's not hard to see that. Just look at, go to Twitter, go to TikTok. They say it all the time. So just another example of racism. And in another story which I think is a stupid story. And, and this is going nuts on Twitter, and I think it's going nuts for the wrong reason. So the House of Representatives wanted to fine Adam Schiff, the guy who was pushing this Russia hoax, this Russia hoax, Russia collusion hoax with Donald Trump, $16 million. And essentially what they wanted him to do was pay for the, uh, for the report, the Mueller report. Now, yesterday, something like 20 Republicans sat there and said, this is stupid, and we're not doing this. So it ended up not passing the House. Now, one of the guys, that, and so if you go on Twitter, all the, all the Republicans, conservatives, right-leaners, are sitting back and saying, oh, here are some rhinos that didn't vote for having this guy thrown in... Given, uh, given a $16 million penalty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, yes, I don't think this thing should have passed. I think this would have been a... You want to censure the guy? Censure the guy. 
Don't start making fines, especially 16, 20 million dollar fines. That shit always comes back to you. Okay, this would have been unprecedented. And to be honest with you, I'm not even sure it's constitutional. I don't think I don't think the representatives can find each other. So that would end up going to court and probably knocked down by the Supreme Court if it needed to even go to the Supreme Court. But don't start this stuff. It's not worth it. You want to censure them, censure them, yell at them for two hours like they did with uh, Kozar or Mozar or whatever his name is and and um, Bro, Bri, uh, and all the other reps, Republican reps that they did when Pelosi was in charge. Do, do it that way. Okay, don't start fining people. And one of the guys that actually said we're not doing this is Thomas Massey, uh, a representative, I believe, from Nevada. I'm not sure where he's from, but he, he's a very conservative guy. And he said, no, this is a bad idea. Let's not do this. And so he voted against the bill. And now he's being called a rhino. Yeah, he's not a rhino. He's not a rhino. He's a guy that's sitting there and saying, yeah, this is a bad idea. And I agree. But again, these are not even things I'd really want to talk about because they're just, they're just yeah, well, with Daniel Penny, you knew that was coming. I don't think it's a big shock. I want to hear the trial. We'll talk about the trial. And as far as the Adam Schiff thing, it's just a stupid idea that you know is not going anywhere. So, okay, let, let's get to some Kamala-isms. And these aren't really, yes, they are Kamala-isms. So let's play our theme music. <laughs> I haven't played that in a really long time, so I figured we'd get it in, and you'll notice I actually did fix it a little bit so I can talk over it. All right, so let's let's get to the first one. So here's Dan Crenshaw. He is the representative from Texas. Uh, the, Re the Republican House has decided to do an investigation on these gender transitions, including mutilating surgeries and uh, sterilizing drugs. So here's Dan Crenshaw, who I know a lot of people call him a rhino. Okay, a lot of people. I love Dan Crenshaw. I this was a Navy, this guy's a Navy SEAL. He served. He lost one eye in Iraq uh, from an IED. He's going blind in the other one. I read his book. I think he's a great. I think he is a hero. And I know he. I don't agree with everything he says, but he's still very conservative. And you know something? I, I give him a lot of credit. He's no rhino. How about that? I don't think he's a rhino. So here he is questioning and basically asking a very simple question. You keep saying there, he's asking this doctor who apparently gives drugs to kids. Hey, you keep saying there are all these studies. Could you give me one, please? Because I haven't seen any. This is a great, this is a great line of questioning. Listen. You've said that we've cherry picked data. How do you mean by, how do you mean that? So it is very unscientific and flawed to pick a single study or a single statistic and to discuss it in isolation. Um, totally agree. Medical experts are able to talk about all of the evidence as a whole. Totally agree. So it's good to look at systematic reviews, right? That's the gold standard of evidence when you're trying to understand whether something works or whether it doesn't. So the British Journal of Medicine looked at 61 systematic reviews with the conclusion that, quote, there is great uncertainty about the effects of puberty blockers cross-sex hormones and surgeries in young people. Journal of Endocrine Society came up with the same conclusion, even the American Academy of Pediatrics. They all cite the lack of evidence. And so here's the thing. 
if you're doing a therapy and it's, you know, temporary, whatever, fine, maybe let's try it, let's see if it works. But when you're talking about permanent physiological changes, do you not agree, just from an ethical standpoint, that you might want extremely strong evidence of the benefits? And there is no systematic review that, that states that there is strong evidence of benefits. Sir, are you aware of how the quality evidence grading system works and how it's applied? Yeah. Yeah, we've read through it. That's why I'm citing these journals. So which journal says something different? I'm, I'm, we should have that debate. Tell me a journal that has done systematic reviews that cites different evidence, that cites strong evidence for benefits of these therapies. The standards of care were developed based on extensive... You're not telling me any journal. You're not telling me any study. Don't That's say standards of I'm, care. Yeah. So... Um, Tell me one. The standards of care. That's the, the standards of care. That's, yes, that's, standards that's of not care. a journal. That's not a study. That's not an organization. That's not an institution. You're just saying words. Name one study. Yeah. I'm out of time. She can't, she's not naming one study because she can't name one study because there are no studies. There are no studies that promote this trans thing. This is the reason trans and kids is illegal throughout Europe. It's only the United States and Canada that are pushing this shit. England, just this week, banned transition procedures. Both drugs and surgeries on kids. They just did it this week. All of Europe now officially has made it. You cannot trans kids. France, Sweden, Sweden, where the gender transition was was worked on, where it was invented. Norway, you can't transition kids anywhere in Europe. Canada and the United States, only places you can do it right now. And then she keeps saying standards of care. No, the standards of care are basically procedures and processes that were developed through... All these studies you say exist, but they don't exist. That's what his point is. You keep pointing to standards of care. Gotcha. We got you that you, you got a standards of care that say it's okay. But those standards of care are based on studies. What studies are those? She doesn't know. Because there are no studies that positively portray gender re reassignment. None. They're not out there. They don't exist. But she wasn't the only one. Um, Karen Jean-Pierre's got to be sick and tired of dealing with these questions. So she just decides to go off in a completely different direction and call another call another reporter. Here she is. He's, the reporter is asking, you know, the White House supports boys playing in girls' sports. What about the argument that the girls may be unsafe because you got boys playing girls sports and the boys are bigger and stronger than the girls her response she wanted nothing to do with it so she came up with some bullshit response and then moved on to a second reporter let's listen what would the president say to parents out there who have daughters uh, let's say in high school for example who are worried that their daughter may have to compete against a male a, a person born male and, they, and there could be a directly physical athletic competition and worry about their daughter's safety. So look, uh, I, what you're alluding to is basically saying that 
transgender kids are dangerous. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Well, you're saying you're you're saying that their safety is at is in, is is at risk. Yeah, but you're 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 laying out a broad kind of broad example or explanation of what could potentially happening. A broad a broad example explained. That is dangerous. That is a dangerous thing to say. That essentially transgender kids we're talking about are dangerous. Okay, first off, that's not what he said. What he what the question he asked was simply what about parents' concerns that these girls are playing with against boys in girls' sports and that parents are afraid their girls are gonna get injured. And then she goes off on so you're calling trans people dangerous, huh? What he should have said is, well, yeah, if they're playing against girls and girls' sports, yes, they can be dangerous. Because we already know they are. Fallon Fox, who is a man who acted like a woman, fought a woman in the ring and broke her skull. Apparently twice. Uh, you got a gal about three weeks ago who had to be put in a hospital because of a concussion during a volleyball match because a trans man spiked a ball, hit her in the freaking head. There's an example in Australia of a woman who said, or a man who says he's a woman playing rugby and apparently he's injured something like 27 women during rugby. There's another example out of Europe someplace where a man injured a bunch of women playing soccer. This is... I'm sorry, that's to me, that's saying trans people are dangerous if there's a full contact sport that men cannot, that these men who cannot qualify to play against other men because they suck, they decide to go, they decide to scream that they're women and then they play in women's sports and they're starting beating the shit out of the women. That's what he's asking. And I'm sorry, we do have enough evidence of that. We do have enough examples. But Karen Jean-Pierre, she's got to be tired of this. She, I bet you of all people, she is the one that is absolutely dying to, to, for this June to end. Because every day she's being asked about something related to the trans thing. And by the way, do you realize, and, and visit, visit uh, Rumble, because I've, I've got a couple of uh, videos coming up. Uh, one today, one tomorrow. Or one, actually, they're both going to be tomorrow. Uh, one tomorrow, one Saturday, excuse me. Let me get it right. Um, this is the whole thing. This has nothing to do with gay people. This has nothing to do with lesbians. This has nothing to do with bisexuals. It's only the trans people that are being pushed. Do you notice this? One of the videos, two of the videos you're going to see that I'm going to put out uh, involving the presidential White House celebration of pride, and one example of a pride parade, they're, they're not gay. They're a couple of trannies that are causing the problems. And I'm going to use tranny. I, I don't know why that's considered a, a, a slur, but I don't really care if it's considered a slur. So, but I, I guarantee you, it is so illogical, none of these people can respond to any of this stuff. And they're getting tired of responding to it. Okay. Speaking of women's sports, so Aja Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces is really upset at Joe Biden. And she's 
she's probably not really upset at Joe Biden. Um, she's just upset at her situation. Now, I know there are going to be a couple things you got to ask. You're asking yourself right now, who the hell is Aja Wilson? And who the hell are the Las Vegas Aces? I think that's what Aja Wilson is really pissed off about. I don't think it has anything to do with Joe Biden. So Joe Biden released a tweet yesterday, basically congratulating the Las Vegas Knights, uh, who are an NHL hockey team that won the Stanley Cup day before yesterday. This is what he said. Congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights on their first Stanley Cup in just their sixth season. The first major professional franchise in such a proud American city. Today, the team and the entire community are champions. Well, here's the problem. And I didn't really know this either. And I go to Vegas probably once a quarter. Uh, the Knights were not the first major sports team from Vegas to win a championship. Sort of. I mean, they actually are. But the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA won the championship there two years ago. Aja Wilson decided to point that out on Twitter. This is what she said. Twitter not letting me quote tweet POTUS tweet but ellipses BFFR sad face sad face when is our White House visit cause? Okay. There are two funny reasons I'm covering this story. First off, that tweet, I read word for word. I have no freaking idea where the what the hell she's saying. Do you have any? Let's read that again. Twitter not letting me quote tweet POTUS, tweet but ellipses, BFFR, sad face, sad face, when is our White House visit cause? I have no idea what that means. How Fox News actually came up with a about a 500-word story based off that tweet and knew she was upset about something. Okay. Now, she's actually upset that the Las Vegas Aces haven't been invited to the White House after they won their championship. I mean, other WNBA teams have been invited before, so... I don't know what she's complaining about, but okay, they weren't invited. But that's not the big point of the story. The big point of the story is WNBA is not a legitimate sport, sporting event. It's not a major sporting event. I don't give a damn what ESPN does trying to push this shit. It's not a, it's not a major sporting event. Nobody cares. Nobody has heard of Aja Wilson. Nobody has heard of the Las Vegas Aces. And I guarantee you, when they're playing in Las Vegas, on a Saturday night, the biggest night for professional basketball, they still have 500 people in the stands. Nobody cares. Nobody's watching. You're not a legitimate sport. Get over it. That's why the Las Vegas Golden Knights are the first professional major sports team to win in Las Vegas. You're not. Okay. Here's a shocker. Um, so this next story, it actually proves a couple of things. First off, the government sucks at everything. All right. 
Uh, and the second is drug legalization should not be a thing. So in order for to protect drug addicts from this, themselves, New York City decided they're going to stick out four drug vending machines. And what these men, vending machines are full of is just a lot of drug paraphernalia and other crap. Okay. It's just wonder working wonderfully. So let's re- read this little story from the post-millennial. New York City drug addicts cleaned out a new drug paraphernalia vending machine overnight. It's first day of operation. Four public health machines placed in some of the most drug-infested neighborhoods of the Big Apple dispense free drug smoking kits complete with crack pipes, mouthpieces, lip balm, anti-overdose medication Narcan, as well as items such as condoms, tampons, and nicotine gum. Drug addict Evelyn Williams told the New York Post that she loves the vending machine machine in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Quote, they put it in yesterday and it's empty already. According to the outlet, by 1 p.m., the drug prevention program worker was beginning to restock the machine and told the Post that the vending machine could need to be refilled maybe twice a day, depending on which items go quite quickly. We have a lot of addicts and heroin users over here, said the drug addict Williams. They should restock it immediately. You know, it gets pretty bad when the government raises the expectations of heroin addicts. That these people not only expect not to get arrested because they're shooting heroin on the street, but they expect the government to provide them with crap so that they can shoot heroin in the street. These people are never going to be satisfied. They're never they're they're all they're never going to get better. They're just going to go worse and worse and worse and eventually be dead. And it's places like New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Baltimore, Boston, all of these places, they keep incentivizing this behavior and then bitching about it when they sit back. And and then what do they do? They do more to incentivize this behavior. So what I mean by that is, well, they made it legal to have drugs. They've given you spots that you can take your drugs. Now they're basically giving you the needles and the crap you need to shoot the drugs. When is it going to be? They're just going to give you the drugs. That seems to be the next step. Listen, I, I would be completely for drug legalization, pot, because I don't use drugs. I don't use, I don't even smoke weed. Okay. I would be completely for it if the fact of the consequences of drug use fell on the drug user. Here's the problem I have with drug use. The consequences of being a drug user fall on the government and the government gets its money from the taxpayer. I'm the taxpayer. I don't think I should fund someone's drug use. That's it. If you can come up with a counter argument to that, I'd love to hear it. Because the fact of the matter is all we're doing is funding drug use and paying for the consequences of pe- and Colorado Denver learned this a long time ago. Denver has become a shithole 
because they legalized pot for they were the first ones that legalized pot and suddenly unemployment went up homelessness went up everything went up all because they legalized weed well now we're doing that with heroin and meth yeah we see good things happening there huh Okay, you know, this this story is great. This story came out a few weeks ago, and I never brought it up. I should have. Uh, it's a good story. I, I, I didn't bring it up because it's not time-sensitive. Time and you'll notice that a lot of these stories, they're not new. So they're they're time, they're not time-sensitive, so I bring it up now. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure this story is good news or bad news. I can't be clear on it. According to CNN... New York is sinking under New York City is sinking under the collective weight of all the buildings a new study has found. This gradual process could spell trouble for a city around which the sea level has been rising more than twice as fast as the global rate and is projected to rise between 8 inches and 30 inches by 2050. What's more, scientists expect more frequent and extreme rainfall events such as nor'easters and hurricanes due to the human-fueled climate crisis. Of course, it's got to be climate change. It's not that they built New York City on a shitty base or a shitty foundation, which, by the way, they did. It's that it's climate change. Continuing, quote, we're way off from the ocean simply moving in, said the lead study author Tom Parsons, a research geophysicist at the U.S. Geological Survey. Quote, but we've had a couple of major hurricane events with Sandy and Ida in New York where heavy rainfall caused inundation in the city, and some of the effects of urbanization have allowed water to come in, end quote. Of course, it's always man. You notice that? It's, it's always us, that urbanization, oh my gosh, yeah. Or you just built, hey, by the way, Los Angeles has done this too. You, you go to Woodland Hills in Los Angeles, Woodland Hills is sinking. They don't even have major buildings there. Why? Just It's sinking. That's just what happens. They got a wetland, it sinks. Eventually, a few hundred years, that's going to be a lake. Okay, continuing. The paper published in the journal Earth's Future aims to show how high-rise buildings in coastal riverfront or lakefront areas could contribute to future flood risk and that measures should be taken to mitigate the potentially hazardous impacts. Okay, you know, yeah, probably. It'd probably be a really good idea to figure that out. Of course, what would have been a better idea is to figure that out 300 years ago when you built New York. But we didn't have the technology back then. So we'll have to see. I, I, I mean, again, is this, this story is not a serious issue that, you know, New York is going to suddenly tip over. I mean, this could be a few hundred years from now. By then, the aliens will take over and then we won't have to worry about it. They'll, it's their problem. Um, the whole thing here, it, this is not about New York City sinking. This is about climate change. That's why CNN published it. If New York were sinking, if it were really disappearing, CNN would not bring this up at all. They had to somehow get climate change in there. Here's the problem with this story, and like many of CNN's story, is that it's just stupid. It's not going to work. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a dumb story. All right. By the way, you know, I don't fix things in New York. Let's face it. New York is a freaking mess. Okay, so here's a, here's another story. You know, again, I keep telling people I don't have TikTok, but my 
grandkids, my, not my grandkids, they're not allowed to TikTok, but everyone in my family has TikTok. I keep saying, get rid of that damn TikTok. It's a terrible thing. It's, it's god-awful. It's bad for the kids. It's bad for our brains. It's bad for our attention span. Well, here we go again. Another TikTok challenge. Here's a shocker. Another reason to quit TikTok. A 16-year-old girl in France died last month attempting the viral scarf game, a variation of TikTok's deadly blackout challenge. You know, they, they came up with that one, too, that has claimed several lives over the past year. Christy Sibali, Dominique Glorère Gassier, who grew up in the Democratic Republic of Congo, I don't even know why that's in there, was reportedly at home when she tried the deadly stunt. She died on May 27th. The dangerous pursuit involves fastening a cloth around your neck to asphyxiate oneself until passing out for alleged internet clout. Unfortunately, as the blackout challenge, this exploit can restrict the oxygen flow to the brain, causing seizures and serious injury, even death. So, China hasn't even figured out new ways our kids can kill themselves. And by the way, this gal who killed herself, I'm not reading that name again. Um, she's not the only one. There are actually two people that died from this game. They're just regurgitating old games and throwing that. Let's just take the blackout game in however Chinese language they say, and let's just call it the scarf game. It's the same game. They'll still kill themselves. That'll work out. By the way, none of this shit's in China. They don't have this problem in China. You know why? TikTok's heavily restricted. So they learn about math and they learn about science. They learn about geometry, shit like that. They don't learn about the scarf game or the blackout challenge or we read yesterday where they're drinking bleach and crap. Yeah, get that damn thing off your um, your phone. Okay, so here here's our last story of the day. Second to last story of the day, because I got a quick one. But um, this is kind of like an dumb moment that a lot of people on TikTok have. And every once in a while, you have someone who becomes enlightened, and they, they have to do a TikTok video. I don't know why they do that, because they're going to get ripped. Because they're a dumb moment is a realization of what's a fact. Like, wow, I added breasts to myself and I cut off my balls, but for some reason I'm still unhappy. Maybe this cutting off my balls thing was a bad idea. This does happen on TikTok all the time. And then these people get ripped for it. Well, here's this one. So this is from an account called Miss Petch at Miss Petch, M-S underscore P-E-T-C-H. Now, to be honest with you, she's pretty sexy. She's hot. And this is an important point of the story. But she's really unhappy. And she's unhappy because she's single. And the reason, there's a reason she's single. Let's listen to what her reason is and let's listen to why she just doesn't know what to do in life. Do you want to know one of the saddest realizations I recently had was that as a liberal woman, it is really hard to find a man who is willing to play the more traditional masculine role in the relationship in today's day and age, who is not a conservative, a man who wants to pay on the first date, who wants to open your door, who has that want and desire to take care of you and to provide, who is not a conservative. And obviously as a liberal woman, I do want to be respected for my independence. 
and I do want to have my own autonomy in the relationship and not be confined or conform to the traditional female homemaker childbearing role and most of the men that I've dated who do have that more natural provider masculinity about them are normally conservative so I don't really know what to do because I don't want to compromise my morals and values just to find a man but am I asking to have my cake and eat it too Okay, first off, uh, you don't have morals and values if you're a liberal woman. I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, anything that she's going to say to me if we're on a date, I'm not going to want to hear. I'm going to sit there and say, you're pro-abortion? Get out. I don't even want to talk to you at that point. That's what a conservative man will do. No conservative man can date this very hot but very, very con controversial con a confrontational woman. There is no way this this gal, she's going to stay single unless she dates one of those prissy liberal guys. But let's turn out, let's let's get to the point. Yes, she's right. Turns out an ideology that demonizes masculinity and is embraced by some men may make those men less masculine. She's absolutely correct. It also m means that most men, even those who are masculine and conservative, might think that chivalry, which is what she's talking about, opening car doors and paying on a first date, will not be appreciated by modern liberal women. Now, do I open doors for people? Yes. I don't give a rat's ass if you're liberal or not. I'm going to open the door. But am I going to pay on the first date, I don't know about that. That has been, I've been told several times, liberal feminist women find that offensive. So should I pay? I have no idea. The last time I went on a date, and this was 10, 11, 12 years ago, it was right after, about a year, two years after my divorce, I actually had to ask because I wasn't sure what to do. Okay, but she wants that. She demonizes it. She sees that as masculine. She sees being taken care of by a man as masculine. But her ideology demonizes that. See the problem? And there's another problem. Chivalry. Chivalry is not taught anymore. Now, for me, it was taught, not only was it taught in school, it was taught in church, and it was taught by my mother. It was taught by my father. I learned chivalry from every institution, family, school, education, and church. They don't teach that anymore. You probably do not have not found a chivalrous man that is not conservative, not because he doesn't want to be chivalrous and make you happy, not because he's emasculated based off his ideolo the ideology he's decided to follow, which is liberalism, but he just flat out doesn't know how to do it because he's never been taught. Because let's face it, the reason he is liberal is because he's got a broken family, he's been in, in a broken, in, and he's been in broken institutions, and he's probably not religious. So, of course, he's not going to know anything about chivalry. And then that comes to, that brings us to our final problem. Uh, she wants everything. 
Yes, she's right. I want my cake and I want it. I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Yes. She said that. Um, yeah, a conservative man's not going to go for that. You cannot have a man that's going to provide for you and then you go out and you do your immoral bullshit behind his back or in front of him or whatever and he's going to accept you. I would never date a woman who is pro-abortion or pro-trans or liberal. I couldn't vote. I couldn't because we've got too many moral differences and those are important. We have too many foundational differences. A woman that does not appreciate the family is not a woman I want to be with. A woman who doesn't want to educate her kids into the same moral ideology that I have, we're not going to work. Even Josie and I, Josie is a very moderate person. She kind of leans to the right, but she is very moderate. She's not anti-abortion, which we've had arguments about, but she's not, you know, abortion four days after the kid's been born either. She is moder- She moderates on just about everything. But even she is, we have the same moral foundation. We have the same moral beliefs. We have the same um, beliefs in how the family is. I'll even go so far. She, I'll even go so far as to say she's more family-oriented than I am. But this woman, no, I want to. I want to live my life, and I don't. She basically wants to be independent. She wants to have somebody baby her. She, you can do that. Go find yourself a liberal man. He'll get you an apartment. He'll visit you on the side when he's. That kind of relationship just never works. So there you go. Okay, and in final news story, and I know I'm running a little late, but it, I'm not doing a podcast tomorrow. The world record for the solving the Rubik's Cube has been broken. 21-year-old Max Park uh, set the world record at, get this, solving a Rubik's Cube, 3.134 seconds. I Basically, what the video's online, and the video, obviously, not real long, the guy, oh, they take the Rubik's, a special Rubik's Cube that has a timer within, and he's allowed to look at the Rubik's Cube to figure out how he's going to do it. Then he puts the cube down, they start the timer, and then he goes. 3.14, 3.134 seconds. That is just awesome. I mean, it takes me 3.14 seconds just to pick the damn thing up. Okay, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Happy Juneteenth, even though that's not a real holiday. I will be doing a podcast on Juneteenth. And the reason I will be doing a podcast on Juneteenth is because I do not acknowledge Juneteenth as a federal holiday. And we'll talk about that on Monday. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbass Talking Politics. God bless you all.